Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, How to Sell More Cars Mastermind Group. I'm Terry Lancaster. we got a guest today, Doug Meyer from the Meyer Auto Group. They've got, uh, they got car dealerships in Nebraska and Missouri, and he is the author of the book, Selling in Your Town, available on Amazon. And I picked this up because one of the things I always talk about is, is the human relationship and making the car business and every business human again. And I got started in, in, in the car business in a backhand way. I was just talking to Doug before we got started. I got started in the car business because I was selling radio advertising in small towns in Tennessee and Mississippi. And my best clients were uh, were the car dealers, of course, obviously. They spent tons of money at that time on, on radio. And I've always been confused that car dealers and car salespeople had this negative rap. They got this bad rap. And even, you know, even the, uh, the third-party lead providers and all they um they they're you know they take advantage of that by by playing into this negative stereotype of car dealers and I've never found that to be the case because especially in small town America uh, the car dealer is the backbone of the local business community and if anytime anyone needs a donation anytime any football team needs a sponsor anytime anybody needs anyone the first place they're going to go is the local car dealership and the car dealership exactly is right. involved in everything knocking not and everybody's knocking on the door and I was I was reading the book this weekend from Doug and he he had a comment about the same thing he said that everybody comes to the car dealer looking for for donations and they are the backbone of the community but I was so impressed because Doug not only you know told you want, wanted uh, wanted businesses not just car dealers but every business not only to participate in the donations that they were doing but to actually use that as a selling tool. So let, let's start there, Doug. How many people knock on your door every week looking for a donation? Uh, it's definitely a little more at the end of the school year and at the beginning <laughs> of the school year. So as the proms uh, start coming around and all that, that's when you see a bunch of them. And then as summer comes, all the different summer events seem like we see a lot then. But I mean, right now, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if I get one or two a day, you know? What? One or two a day. So how do you turn? How do you turn somebody? Uh, somebody coming in with their hand out. How do you turn that? Uh, somebody coming in with the, you know, handing you money. So I just try to treat them all nice and respect. I know a lot of these people go to other places and they're like, "Oh my gosh, here's somebody wanting money," you know. And I just sit them in, bring them in, talk to them, and try to make a friend out of it. I usually always try to donate to all of them. Now that's been a little tougher because of the pandemic and how the car business is going now, but in the past, we've we've never turned anybody down. So we will only donate usually to groups, which don't donate like the individuals, um, because then you'll have every individual coming in, making up their own, you know, right. deal or whatever. But uh, you don't have to donate a lot. They usually are very happy if you just donate a little bit, you know, 50 or 100 bucks or whatever. Now, different organizations that I really get behind, we donate more money to. So it just kind of depends on what it is, who it is, and what's the group all supports. So, and that's the book. The book is called Selling in Your Town. And uh, it is your guide to running your small business in, in small towns and, and participating involved in the community. And you said you, you donate more to, uh, to, to organizations that you're involved in. And that doesn't narrow it down much because you're involved in pretty much all of them. Yeah, or a, a bunch of them. <laughs> I've been president of a lot of organizations. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, wait a sec. The uh, I, I, oh, um, I know I'm going to mess this up, but you were the uh, Astalted ruler of the Grand Royal Elk. <laughs> tell, uh, tell me, that, tell me the whole title. The the Exalted ruler of uh, 
the Elks, the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks is the full go. name, but uh, <laughs> they're an organization that's been around for about 155 years, I believe. Um, and a lot of the bigger towns have an Elks in it and they just donate money back to the community. They're big things about youth and veterans. And uh, every town that's had an Elks, we got a dealership in. I've got involved with them and I've held every chair that the Elks has in their local organizations, including the exalted ruler, which is like their president. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that comes back to the dealership. How? What I found out is in these organizations, if you support them, they'll support you. So once I get involved in these Elks, you know, and, and helping them and help them do different things, then they just want to return the favor and come down and see us and buy a car. Um, we've got three dealerships, all of them in small towns, anywhere from a town about 3,500 to what I was just telling you, this town's about 20,000 uh, that we're in, that I'm sitting in right now with uh, students and, you know, just getting involved. And it, it, it seems like when we come in, everybody just is giving us a chance and it's hard to sell them a car, but once we've been here for a while, they just want to buy from us. And then that makes it so much easier. I think that's the neat thing too, because, a lot of a lot of the small town dealers have been that family's owned the dealership for a hundred years, but you guys aren't. You, you your stores are new. relatively new, which is you know under 10, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, first dealership was open in 2004, second one in 2013, and this one in 2015. And I <laughs> and I will say the one in Maryville was the hardest. The previous owner was 75-ish when he sold and probably quit caring about it when he's about 60. So there was it kind of had a black cloud over it that this dealership did. So it took a little while to just people to to trust the local dealer again. And 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 you did that by be, being the local dealer, shaking hands, kissing babies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, going out, meeting everybody, getting involved in all the different organizations. Um, at this, as I was exalted ruler or president of the Elks, at the exact same time, I was also president of Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and trying to run the dealership. So. <laughs> Well, uh, one thing I noticed in the book, you were talking about the organization that you participate in and, and how getting involved in that is, is a benefit to the um, benefit to the store. But there were three specific organizations you said that small business people in small towns should avoid joining and participating in for, for business reasons. Uh, what yeah. were they? And tell us about I, that. I, I still say the same thing. Uh, city council, school board, and uh, the the your local country club or golf place, whatever that is. Um, city council and, and school board is really about the same reason. Uh, we all know how politics run and no matter which side you're on, you're going to upset 50% of the people. So uh, you're getting that. Now you're making a decision on your town's well-being and your kids' well-being. And you make a decision that upsets half of them. Well, you can just guarantee they're not going to come into your business anymore. Now, I'm all behind anybody that's on city council or school boards. And I have some of them call and ask me for advice or what would you do? And I do some one-on-one -on -one conversations, but I just kind of stay out of that. And the country club's kind of a wild one. Um, all the people in town that seems to have money or are part of the country club. And that's another one that everybody's all finicky about. And you make a bad decision there. And then you got the whole country club, Matt. Yeah. And then you got all the, People with money in town, Matt, yeah, and that, that doesn't work out very well. 
uh, old rich guys take the golf pretty serious, huh? They do. They do. <laughs> hey, so that, I mean, that brings me around. I mean, you talk about the politics and one of the things I do when I'm, I'm, I'm training salespeople on how to, to build their own brand and, and create their own little community um, is, is I tell them just that to avoid talking about politics for exactly that reason that I want everybody's money, not, not just half the money, but you, you talk in the books too about social media, about using social media. How is a uh, social media helping your dealership in, in the small town uh, how, and how's it changed things for you in the last few years since you guys have started the dealership? Yeah. I mean, definitely that's came out in about, you know, last 10 years or so. Um, you know, we tell all of our salespeople and, and all of us, we don't post anything on our personal Facebook pages that could be upset somebody one way or the other. Um, so we try to stay out of the politics and all that. Um, we're in a college town and we're in a rural town. So, I mean, you know, you're about 50% Republican this town, 50% Democrat. You know, you don't want to take a chance of upsetting any side. So now, I, there is a, a part in my book and I want to say it's one of the last chapters that says getting to know your customers. And once you get to know somebody, then you can relate in a different thing about them and how they are, you know, maybe some of those things you can talk about in private, but until then you want to, you know, stay away from all those things. Well, I mean, my, my, uh, you know, everybody's grandma told her that's a private conversation anyway. There's, I was told that's there's right. three, three things you don't want to talk about: sex, politics, and money. And that's if you, right. If you are going to have the conversation, it needs to be, you know, away from everybody else because you don't want to have it in front of other folks. That's exactly right. I, I think that's pretty good. So tell us, tell us about the book, Doug. Selling in your town. How'd that come about, and uh, what's the purpose of it, and and um, what's what's the message of it? So when we bought our first dealership in 2004, um, I had been in the car business seven years and my dad, his first day in the car business was as an owner. So we uh, bought the dealership. He sold out of his trucking business, bought that. Uh, years later, we bought um, this dealership in Shenandoah, Iowa. And the, the goal at that point was, is uh, my dad was going to retire. My brother was going to get the dealership in Auburn and I was going to get the dealership in uh, Shenandoah. Well, when we came to Shenandoah, the dealer was kind of dormant, not doing a whole lot. And we turned it around really fast and kind of the business leaders in town and the guy who ran the chamber and economic development uh, committees came to me and says, well, you get on our chamber board and let us know how you're doing all this. So we went to some meetings and he kept asking me, gosh, I mean, you, you got to write some of this down. So as things would come in, I would just kind of type it out. And one day I went in, I said, here, here's kind of everything typed out, hand it to everybody. And he says, you got to try to make this into a book. And one thing led to the next and here we are. Well, there you go. So I, yeah. I, I really just wrote it to help people out. I didn't write it to make a dollar to do anything. I've, I've given away more books probably than I've sold. So as a fellow author, I can tell you that's going to be the way it's going to be. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I, the the book was on there. You you talk about all all the different components of of of, of the business. You know, um, I like the fact, especially for a small town. Um, you talked about when Walmart comes to town, and I've I've been in I've been been working in small towns. I sold advertising in small towns when the Walmart comes to town, and it 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 can clear out a, a downtown area fast. It could, I mean, especially back in the day in the eighties and nineties when Walmart was just a bulldozer and they'd come yeah. through town and, every, and, they, and they would just they would you know they would lower their prices and blow everybody out of business and uh, i was looking at that and, and thinking about it um that when walmart comes to well first of all 
tell tell us how we compete with and and this isn't just car dealers the book is written for for small town retailers uh but but from from the car dealer's perspective but how does a small town re- retailer especially a car dealership how do they compete with Walmart when they come to town and my thinking was when Walmart was coming to town uh coming to a small town it's pretty much the same as Carvana and Cars.com and Edmonds and TrueCar and all yeah. these people who are coming in and invading uh, invading the car dealer space today. Yeah, that's probably the most controversial chapter in my book that gets <laughs> more uh, raised eyebrows and all that. But what I've noticed, because I've been on different chamber boards and different things, I mean, when the Walmart comes to town, everybody always like, oh my gosh, they're going to put everybody out of business. And what I've really seen is, I mean, you know, your people that, you know, maybe they didn't have jobs or didn't have the types of, you know, it, it fills a void of, of jobs for one uh, in the community, which is good. And it's a draw to the community because uh, it's bringing people now in from all the other surrounding smaller towns and all that. And if you have a business and you're doing everything right, a lot of things, like I said in the book, you're doing good customer service, all those things. Um they're still going to come to town and buy from Walmart, but they're probably going to buy from you too. Um, and, you know, and I think you can compare to Carvana and, you know, all the online deals, you know, you're never talking to the same person every time and you don't have somebody to go to, to get any help. Same thing with Walmart. I mean, you can go to Walmart and go buy a TV and you'll be lucky if they'll just say the TVs are in the, in the back and they don't know anything about them. But, you know, if you've got a local TV shop, more likely, you know, everything about your TVs and how many pixels and, you know, all these different things they can answer. And especially with all the smart screen stuff and all that, you know, and you'll provide better customer service, I think, after the sale. And so I think it's a draw, uh, especially with Walmart, it's a draw to the community. But um, as long as you're doing everything right, you can capitalize on it. Well, and I think that is completely analogous to the to the car situation, because all of these third-party lead providers, these third-party listing sites, that's a draw. Everyone's going to go to that to see what, what cars are available and what, what the pricing is. But you're still always going to have the advantage as long as you're a decent human being treating other human beings like exactly human beings. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but but the thing is, they and and you you talked about this not even from the uh, from the internet perspective about price transparency. You guys you guys guarantee you know lowest price within a hundred miles. Uh, so so you can do all of the stuff and you can be involved in the community and you can donate money and, and you can flip pancakes and you can do all of that. But at the end of the day, you got to have the right product at the right price or it's, or it's off or not. Yeah. Well, one of the chapters in the book is uh, who are you and who are you selling to? And a lot of that steps on all those things you're talking about. Um, I've met in the car business. A lot of people got a lot of big egos and that just will not work in a small town. And, I've yet to see a dealership in the big town that it does work at very well, you know? Yeah. So, you know, everybody wants to deal with the good old boy, whether it's in a time, big town and, you know, you need to try to be humble and try to be the good old boy and not think, uh, you know, your better name, buddy. And part of it, it says in there too, is, you know, a lot of it's how you dress. I mean, if everybody coming in is factory workers and you're dressed in a suit and a tie and shine shoes, that guy's going to be a little intimidated. So, I mean, you kind of got to dress, you know, accordingly, look accordingly, but always want to be, you know, clean shave, well-groomed, you know, dress nice, but 
they always, I've always heard dress, you know, maybe about one step nicer than your typical customer. Yeah, Here in Maryville, we, we dress a little nicer than our other two dealerships. Um, Auburn and Shenandoah, all the guys wear jeans, polos in the uh, summers and um, uh, button-up shirts in the winter. And uh, over here, we kind of do a mix of jeans and slacks and, you know, sport coats because we just got a little different clientele. We're a little bit bigger town. So, yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think you de- you definitely don't want to look like you're making a bunch of money. You, I mean, you yeah. you, you don't want to be in a thousand dollar suit selling to factory workers because, no. you know, they, they ain't for that. <laughs> yeah. You could go buy all my uh, clothes at Kohl's. I, I know that's where I buy them all. <laughs> So um, you talked it. You talk. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm I'm a marketing guy, so I'm always looking at the marketing. Uh, and, and in the book, you talk about the marketing in in, in the small town. And um, and you're one of the few people, honestly, uh, that I've ever heard uh, ever heard get it quite right. Uh, because matter of fact, I spoke at NADA uh, five years ago, I guess five or six years ago. I spoke about at NADA uh, about the death of traditional media has been uh, has been exaggerated. And specifically, I mentioned in small towns and for the same exact same reason that you put in the book, because in a small town, your local radio station, your local newspaper, that, that, that's your only news source. And if you want to oh, if, yeah. if you, if you hear about your kid's football game, that's where you go. Yeah, I've heard more of my commercials walking through my shop from the mechanics having it on that radio station all day and all over town. That That's where the. They hear they're at work. The radio plays all day and they hear my ads. Um, I always do most of my ads with my son and they, everybody knows my son's name and everything. And they like his young, cute voice and some of the things we come up with for him to say. Um, But yeah, radio has been good. I mean, we're not doing some of that stuff now because of the um, not having all the inventory and stuff, but uh, radio and newspaper has always been good for us. Yeah. And, and, and radio to me, uh, and I've, I've said this, uh, uh, that uh, it's it's the original social media because the uh, because the uh, radio is about the personalities, it's about the personalities of the people on the air and people doing exactly what you do. You're putting your voice and your son's voice on the radio. And, you know, uh, the, the guy who runs the CarMax probably can't do that because he's only going to be there six months. Yeah. Uh, the guy running the Walmart, they, they, they can't do that. But if you run the local hardware store, you can become a fixture, a celebrity in the community on social media and on regular media by doing the exact same thing, putting your face. Uh, it's funny you say that because I had a competitor I felt like was copy in every ad I was doing. I'd come up with an ad. They'd come up with the exact same ad. And I said, well, watch this. I'll put my son on and I'll say, I live in town. I work in town. My wife works at the school. My kids go to school here and he couldn't say any of those things. And that kind of <laughs> changed the game there a little bit. <laughs> All right. It's about, uh, we got, we're about 20, 25 minutes in. I try to keep this really short. We got a couple of folks in here. If anyone has any questions or comments for Doug, anything that you want to add to the conversation or ask before we start trying to wrap it up, uh, now would be, now would be the, the time to chime in, uh, while we're waiting to see if anybody raised their hands. Um, Doug, I, one of the things I like to ask, uh, when I'm, whenever I'm interviewing anyone is, you know, knowledge without action is just entertainment. And there's a lot of people, a lot, a lot of authors, you know, who, who like to, to run their mouth and they come up with great ideas, but if you're never putting, if you, and if you, you can buy the book all day long, you can buy any book, but unless you're putting it into action, it, it doesn't change anything. You know, you, it's not going to happen by osmosis. So I always ask anyone I'm interviewing for one 
action step that someone listening to the show or watching the show, one thing that they can start doing tomorrow, one little thing, not huge, one little thing that they can start doing tomorrow, do on a regular basis that, that might end up changing their business? For me, I'd say the biggest thing is getting to know your customers. Um, a dealership in Shenandoah, Iowa, which I hadn't visited much lately because we've been focusing on this one and now I'm going to. And if there's a customer sitting in the service lobby, I just go sit with them and talk with them. I mean, I don't have anything better to do. I mean, they're there spending with me. So I go out and meet them, talk to them. And, you know, I, I did work every day in that dealership. So a lot of them I do know. Um, but, you know, just reconnecting with them, you know, and they, they just, I think people really do like to know who they're giving their money to. So, you know, an absentee business owner, I don't think works in, a business like ours. Now that might work in a, a scooters or McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. But in our business where they're spending quite a money, bit of money on, you know, one thing or servicing that one thing, I think they like to know who they're giving their money to. Well, and I uh, think they like to know that you care that you're, that, that they're there too. Yeah. Well, uh, my buddy, Bob Berg says people, uh, all things being equal, people would prefer to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Uh, yeah, and that, that gives you a chance to get, get, get a foot in the door. You said, you, you said you wrote some notes earlier today. Did, uh, was there anything you, you, you put in your notes that you thought we might talk about that we didn't get around to talking about? I think you pretty much it at all. I mean, you know, the only other one I put big exclamation points is attitude. I mean, if you don't come to work with a good attitude, you might want to uh, go in your office, uh, shut the door, rethink and start over. But, <laughs> um, attitude, I think is everything, you know, I mean, you gotta be happy to be there and happy you're doing and. If you're not happy what you're doing, you need to find something else to do. Well, it, it's not going to work for you. Yeah, and 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 so that that'll that'll give me give me I'll give us our last talking point is the attitude is everything, and it it does um, it does it does affect it affects your whole life, not only your business life, but uh, I, I I believe I'm a firm believer in attitude affects your your life from the morning from when your head hits the pillow at night to uh, when first, first thing in the morning affects every aspect of your life, but so. It's easy, not easy for you, but you're the business owner. Your name's on the door. Uh, you're you're the member of all the organizations. You you have uh, you're 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 ingrained and built in. Uh, so that that is that is in, in your in your DNA and your blood now. All the things that we're talking about. How do you build a culture where your employees take that same attitude? You know, it's funny you bring that up. I was just thinking the other day of the last time I had to anybody quit that's worked for me. And, and, and I, I honestly, I couldn't think of one. Um, I, I've had to get rid of some people, but I mean, rarely have I had anybody ever quit working for me. And I just treat everybody well, I think. I mean, I went up to Shenandoah store and the previous general manager there left and really wasn't working out for him. He went back to the business he was in before. And um, all the employees, a handful of the employees up there said, we just appreciate you coming around talking to us. You know, and uh, I get to the dealership, I go through and I, I talk to every single employee every single day, um, but whether it's here, there, or wherever, you know, when I'm there, I, I stop and say hi to everybody. And I think the employees appreciate that. I, uh, I took a couple of business classes in colleges and in college and they, uh, they had an acronym, an acronym for that. It was a uh, management, a BWA management managed by walking around. That's it. That just 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 walk around and the same thing. Get get to know each other. It's 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 not rocket science. Uh, you have to treat everybody good, and you can't you can't have your 
your employee, you can't tell your employees they have to treat your customers like gold and like uh, as valuable as they are if you're treating your employees like uh, like they're the you know bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just going to treat people however you treat them. So yeah. I think you you nailed it. All right. Well, Doug, I appreciate you popping in with Baron John Paul Chuck. I appreciate you guys, uh, you guys tuning in and listening. The book is selling in your town by Doug Meyer. Doug's the, uh, one of the general managers of the Meyer auto group. They got three stores in Nebraska and Missouri. Go, you can go and on I'll... Amazon and get a copy of the book there. And if you happen to be in Maryville, Missouri, and you find yourself in need of an automobile, uh, Doug's your guy. All righty. Thanks Doug, a lot. I appreciate you, buddy. Have a great yep. night. Appreciate it. Bye everyone. Y'all be good.